Hi, welcome. It's good to be back with you. We want to follow on from where we started last week when we shared the vision concerning the vision theme for us in Family Church this coming year. And if you missed last week and missed the sharing on the theme of Kairos, such a time as this, then let me encourage you to go back and watch it on one of our numerous media channels and uh, catch up on this exciting journey that God is putting us on. We looked last week at the thought that this moment that we're in may seem like a strange moment. When you look at what's going on around the world, we know it's a God moment and we believe it to be what we termed a Kairos moment, a moment of divine opportunity, a moment that hasn't just come out of nowhere, but God has had in his calendar for a long, long time. Even before we were born, we studied that God is a God of moments, created moments. The examples we gave last week were examples like Noah, that when God spoke to Noah that it was going to rain. It was many, many, many years before it did. Yet the intention of God for a moment of rain was always in the heart of God. This moment that we're in now, some would call it strange, unusual. Others would use the famous word unprecedented. It is an unusual time we're living in when you listen to the news and the media outlets. But also, we need to understand and sense in our spirit. This is also a God moment. This is a moment where God has a plan to do something that I believe is bigger than we've imagined. It's a Kairos moment. And we committed last week to carry on with this thought of Kairos, a moment such as this, a time such as this, over these next three weeks. Today, we're going to be looking at knowing the time. Next week, knowing our purpose. And then finally, knowing our response. So let's dig into this today, shall we? The first thing that we want to look at is knowing the time, knowing our moment. If this is a Kairos moment, which I believe it is, if this is a moment of God opportunity, but I have deep conviction that it is, then we've got to know, all of us as the Church of Jesus Christ, the followers of Jesus, the time that we're in, and how we should respond to this moment. Let me call it our moment. Because Esther had her moment, Joseph had his moment, Nehemiah had his moment, Moses had his moment. Today, this is our moment. And God wants us to step into our moment and watch what he does through our lives. So the God who creates specific moments for specific things that he is doing on the face of the earth, I believe has created this moment that we now find ourselves in. In this moment, we need something that I would call a correct worldview. What do I mean by that? We need a correct view of what God is doing in the world at this time. We need to be aware of the moment that we're in, not just naturally speaking or naturally aware, but we also need spiritual awareness. We need to not just be building our presumptions or assumptions of what's happening upon natural knowledge or information, but also be listening to God very clearly about what he's saying about this moment we're in. Now, natural awareness can be gained 
through things like media channels, turning on the news. It can be gained through hearsay, natural knowledge or understanding or awareness of a certain moment can be found in having your natural ears wide open, listening to what others are saying about what's happening at the moment. Yet spiritual awareness, that comes from us having our spiritual ears, the ears of our inner man, open to what God's saying, listening to what he's saying through his word about this moment, listening to what he's saying by his spirit about this moment, listening to what he's speaking through his church concerning this moment we're in. Now, we need to be able to process what we see naturally happening, even with things like the um, economy problems, the, the cost of living issues, the wars and rumours of wars, and all the things that we naturally see happening in the world at the moment, we need to be able to balance them off correctly with, like what I said, what God is saying about this moment. Now, Jesus put this really well. He spoke about being able to interpret natural things, but not spiritual things, in this passage of Scripture in the book of Luke, chapter 12. Listen to how Jesus puts this. It's so wonderfully put. Then Jesus turned to the crowd and said, When you see the clouds beginning to form in the west, you say, here comes a shower. And you're right. You got it right. Absolutely, you judged that correctly. When the south wind blows, you say, today will be a scorcher. And it is. But then he says, you fools. You know how to interpret weather signs of the earth and sky, but you don't know how to interpret present times. Wow, that's a really strong statement, isn't it? Jesus says to them and still to us today, you've become experts at judging the weather and the natural seasons by the wind and by the sun and by the elements that make up natural life. Yet he says, when it comes to understanding spiritual things, we can sometimes be very foolish. So what do we want to do about that? We want to purpose in our hearts to be a people that aren't just bringing our conclusions through natural understanding, but we're hearing God really clearly about the things we should be doing in this moment. We're to interpret not one or the other, like you've heard me say many times, so often in Christianity, people say it's either or. Either we do this or we do that. Where a lot of the times, there's room for both and. So when we look at understanding the moment that we're in, we need to have good insight of what's happening naturally in the world. We need to have good understanding and knowledge concerning what people are facing, the very real struggles that people are facing, the very real needs that people have, not just in England, but around the world. But also, we need to have that deep knowledge of what God says he's doing. I often refer to the children of Issachar or the sons of Issachar. In 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, it says the sons of Issachar had good understanding of the times, but they also knew what Israel should do. Now, the sons of Issachar, Issachar were one of the 12 tribes of Israel. And I love what it says about them here, that they had good understanding of the season or the time that they were in, but also they had great understanding 
of how God would have them to respond. I want to be like that, don't you? See, they were able to balance natural understanding and spiritual understanding or revelation. You see, the understanding of what God is doing is based on we know that God is doing in every season. Ecclesiastes puts it this way, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. You see, for every purpose under heaven, every intention of God, purpose of heaven, there's always a time and a season. I believe that this is a time and a season, a God moment. And we need to know how we, God's people, the church, are to respond correctly to this moment. Number one, I believe it's time for us to wake up and shine. I know that's simple, but it's really needed. We need to walk away from procrastination, passivity, being complacent, and awaken our hearts. God, we're in a moment where you are doing something in the United Kingdom, around the world, and I don't want to miss it. I don't want to sleep through it. Have you ever been watching a movie, a really good movie, and you were tired? Then suddenly you woke up at the end of it and you realise you missed the best bit of it. Sadly, I believe that some people in the church are like that right now. But God is about to move. God is doing something unusual. But they are very, very fast asleep. We need to hear the alarm bell of heaven ringing to such a degree that it awakens us from any slumber that we may have drifted in. Maybe we were once passionate about God, but then we fell asleep. Maybe we consciously went to sleep because we were tired of church and church as we knew it. It doesn't matter how we may have fallen asleep. The point is, if we are asleep, we need an awakening. We need the Holy Spirit to wake us up because this isn't time to sleep. This is the best bit of the movie. This is the bit that we've all been waiting for. This is our moment, not just to awaken, but to awaken and shine. Because dark times are actually our moment to shine. When we look around at the moment, many could say these are indeed dark times. When you see choices that are being made in society regarding Christianity in school and uh, a manner of other decisions that seek to redefine what the Bible says is normal, some would say these are dark times. Well, if they are the dark times we imagine, then these are the times that we don't shrink back or fade away, or blend in, but we shine. It's what it says in the book of Isaiah, isn't it? Chapter 60, verses 1 to 3. Arise and shine, for your light has come. Wake up and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to your brightness and to your rising. So as we rise in dark times to shine God's light, it becomes attractive. People are drawn to it. In the book of Romans, it also speaks about waking up so that we don't miss a key moment. Let me read to you from Romans chapter 13, verses 11 to 14. And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake 
out of sleep and slumber. For now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night, you see, is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk correctly and properly, as the Bible instructs us to walk, as in the day, not in the revelry or drunkenness or lewdness and lust and strife and envy of a former time. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and be making no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Here Paul is really announcing like Isaiah did in the Old Testament or the Old, the, uh, old, yeah, the old Covenant and Testament. Paul is sending out this call to us in the book of Romans. Not it's time, but it's high time. It really is time. It's an important time to wake from any slumber, to come out of any compromise, to walk away from ways of living that we know don't please God and are not kingdom life. And to actually say, no, this is my time to put on the armor of light and be the person that God has called me to be. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Peter puts it this way. It's time for us to be alert, awake, alert, not asleep. It's the same theme, isn't it? What's the time? It's time for us to be fully awake and ready to shine. Why? Our salvation draws closer now than when we first believed. These verses also speak of the coming of Jesus, don't they? The end of the age. But we're in a moment where Jesus is getting ready to return. We need to be awake and ready for his return. Now, we know that no man knows the hour, but the Bible does give us certain times or signs and signposts that enable us to locate ourselves in God's calendar plan of the second coming of his son. Let's look at a couple of these today, just to awaken our hearts that this isn't a moment for us to be asleep. When we look at some of the things that Jesus said and Paul says, just notice how they fit in to society and life as we know it right now. It says, Jesus speaking in Matthew 24, says, and Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives. This is verse three. <clears throat> and some disciples came to him privately saying, when will this happen? And what is the sign of your coming and the end of the age? The disciples wanted this question answered as well. Tell us when you're coming. Tell us the signs for the end of the age. Listen to how Jesus responded. Watch out that no one deceives you for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. That's happened, hasn't it? And many will deceive, and they will deceive many, sadly. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still not to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginning of the birth pains. It says, then you will be handed over to be persecuted and, to, and be put to death. Maybe you would say, well, that hasn't happened yet. 
Yes, it has. Look back in church history. Even today around the world, people are being martyred for their stand to be a follower of Christ. There's wars, there's rumors of wars, there's famines. All of these things shouldn't bring fear, but it should awaken our hearts. This is not time to sleep. This is a Kairos moment. Verse 10, at that time, many will turn from the faith, will betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will appear, deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of many will grow cold. I don't know about you, but I've seen many people that I knew who were once on fire for God, now living in coldness, not wanting God, having no time for God. This is exactly what Jesus said would happen as a sign of the last days. It says, but the one who stands firm till the end will be saved. That's me and you. We've got to take our stand. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Do you know, in a good way, it's very scary how the gospel has gone to the four corners of the earth through media, through aeroplanes, through modern modes of transport, we're in a moment where the gospel is reaching the ends of the earth. We're in a moment where we're watching people's love grow cold. We're in a moment where there's wars and rumors of wars. We're in a moment where our salvation is closer, the coming of Christ is closer now than when we first believed. It's no time to sleep. Listen to what Paul says in 2 Timothy, in his letter to Timothy. He says, but know this, in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. Now, when I read this list, think of modern society. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, people who have a form of godliness but deny its power. Wow, it's like Paul has taken a prophetic look into 2023. And it's like he's reading a list of how people freely function in society and culture today. People will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Let's snatch that one out. People would rather stay at home and watch Netflix than come and be a part of what their church is doing. People can't be bothered to do anything other than what they feel obliged to do in their Christianity. They choose pleasure, pleasure, pleasure over the things that God would want them to know. There's a whole list there, isn't there? It's very profound. So we've looked at this negatively, or positively for us who believe. Our salvation draws closer than when we first believed. But that's not positive for anyone that doesn't know Jesus, is it? That's why we've got to be reaching out leading others into his kingdom. But the other thing that we have to look at when we speak about the end times or the last days or the moments before Jesus returns is that God has promised that there's going to be a fresh move of his Holy Spirit. That's wonderful. That blesses my heart. That causes me so much excitement. 
but as well as looking at moments and things that are happening that clearly tell us that we're in the end times and our salvation and the coming of Christ is certainly closer now than ever before any time we've believed in the past. We also understand that before the return of Jesus, there's going to be a mighty move of the Holy Spirit. I really believe that right now we're on the edge of a mighty move of the Holy Spirit. Listen to what Peter says about this. He's referencing something that the prophet Joel said in the book of Joel. But we read in the book of Acts chapter 2, verses 17 to 21. In the last days, says God, in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and, and they will prophesy. I will show you wonders in the heavens, signs on the earth, blood and fire, billows of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness, the moon uh, to blood before the coming in the, of this great and glorious day of the Lord. And then it says, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What time is it? It's time for us to be fully awake for the moment that we're in. What time is it to know what God is doing in this moment, just not what media is telling us what is happening? We need a spiritual worldview of this moment. What time is it? It's time to be ready and hungry for a fresh move of the Holy Spirit upon our lives individually and upon the church. Don't miss out on this fresh Move of the Spirit because you're asleep. Don't sleep through what the Holy Spirit's going to do next. Don't be found not ready for his return like a foolish virgin. We read about that in Matthew 25, don't we? Verses 1 to 4, Jesus said that there were foolish virgins and there were wise virgins. It wasn't about who was saved. They were all virgins. It was about who was living ready for what Jesus was going to do next to the return of the bridegroom and those that weren't. You had some virgins that had lamps and they had oil in them and they were waiting, they were expecting, they were looking for the return of Jesus because he promised he would return. Yet also there were 10 foolish virgins and they had the lamp but they couldn't be bothered to have the oil, the fresh move of the Holy Spirit, the oil of what God was doing today. They were trying to live off of yesterday's oil. Then all of a sudden, without any warning, the bridegroom returns. Those who were ready experienced a going with him. Those who weren't ready experienced a waiting behind. Let's be those who aren't settling for being foolish virgins but wise ones. Let's be ready for this moment. Let's be ready for the return of Jesus Christ. Let's be ready in this moment, this Kairos moment of divine opportunity for what the Holy Spirit is doing now. Let's not miss our moment of visitation. You know, Jesus said that to the Jewish leaders in Luke 19, verse 44. He turned to them and he said, you missed your moment of visitation. He wasn't speaking of his second coming. He was speaking of his first coming. 
He said, you were looking for Messiah. You were busy around the world at work of ministry, Pharisees and Sadducees, but you missed your moment of visitation. You missed your moment when the Messiah was stood with you on the earth. We need to make sure that we're ready for his visitation when Jesus comes that second time. Hope this has encouraged you today. It's our time. It's our moment. It's our Kairos moment. It's a moment to be fully awake in our walk with God. If there's any spiritual slumber that you're in, shake it off. Get the sleeping dust out of your eyes. Walk away from things that aren't the things that God's got for you. Allow the alarm clock of the Holy Spirit to ring loud in the center of who you are. Not that you could feel guilty of being asleep, but that you could know the joy of being awake. Have your lamp full. Don't be like a foolish virgin that's just waiting to be collected, living your life like nothing's happened, knowing one day you'll go to heaven. There's more to walking with God than that. Know the filling, the fresh filling of his Holy Spirit in the lamp of your life today. Be ready in this moment for God's Spirit to touch you in the fresh way. Be ready, even though you may have known the moving of the Holy Spirit in previous seasons of your life. Don't miss what God is going to do in this moment and this season. Be ready for God to use you to be a light in the darkness. Like it says in the book of Isaiah, okay, great darkness may cover the earth and be upon many people. But it's our moment. It's our Kairos moment to arise and shine and let the glory of the Lord be seen on us. It's time for us to be alight with his glory, aflame with his spirit, like some kind of superhero that we would see in a movie. It's time to flame on. Let the flame of the Holy Spirit be burning bright on your life so that others can be touched by what God does through you. And finally, it's time for us to go into the harvest field and bring people in to the ark of God's salvation. Come on, we've said that the moments and the signs of things happening around us clearly tell us that Jesus Christ is getting ready to return not to die on a cross again, but to collect those who belong to him. We've got a moment of time to bring as many people into the ark as we can. Like you've heard me teach in Soul Winner, that's not the job of a church leader. That's the job of every believer. Remember that day with Noah. He built the ark for many years and then suddenly the rain that God promised came. And Noah had been pleading with the people of the city. They'd mocked him, they'd laughed at him. But there was a moment when it began to rain and suddenly the waters began to rise. But God had shut the door and people pounded the door and they couldn't come in because the moment of coming into the ark had passed. Jesus Christ is the ark of our salvation. The door is currently wide open 
we've come into the ark. But what about our friends and family? What about our neighbours? What about those that we work with or those that we say we love? Are they going to be in the ark? Have they heard that there's an ark? Have they heard about the love of God? This is our time to end the silence. Not be ashamed or embarrassed. But know that Jesus Christ is coming soon. Sooner than when we first believed. We have a mission, a co-mission. We've got to get as many people in our world into the ark of God's salvation before it rains. I hope this has inspired you and motivated you. Next week, we're going to continue on unpacking this thought of a time such as this by looking at our purpose in this moment a little bit further. I pray you have an amazing week. Lord bless you. See you soon.